Good morning. Welcome to the Barnes Thunder Morning Services. I am Jesse Lee Peterson. Thank you so much for being with me. And happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. And happy Mother's Day to all the mothers here. You're welcome. Good morning, everybody. Happy Mother's Day. (laughs) This is a big day. There was a, a report that came out that says that Mother's Day is more worship than Father's Day by a big margin. So one guy told me this morning they've been celebrating his mother's Mother's Day since Friday. <laughs> they started Friday and they had they they celebrated last night and they're gonna celebrate again tonight, today. And so I said, So is she gonna rise up and walk today or something? You know how Jesus came out of the grave on the third day? So they really celebrate. But happy Mother's Day. Um any questions or comments about anything? Anybody bring anything? No. Everybody came to receive. <laughs> uh, one person back here. You asked me if um, I've been doing the assignment what? during the week. Oh, yeah. What was it? I don't know. You don't know what the assignment was? Yeah. Whatever you know. Well, that was a question for you. <laughs> yes, sir. What was the assignment? And <laughs> <laughs> You're supposed to come back today as a witness to the assignment, not come back today a week later and ask about the assignment. <laughs> you don't remember? No, We've been only doing it for four weeks now. Oh, the same one? Yeah. Do you remember the same one? <laughs> No? I could take a stab at it. I All think right. that it was, um, don't believe any of your thoughts. Yes. Doubt every thought for one week. <laughs> Were you able to do that? No. Well, no, you don't remember what it was. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing, and not putting you down or anything, but it's amazing how you can give instruction out and people forget them before you leave the building. <laughs> Did you try to remember over the week? I was trying to think every now and then. I would try to think, like, man, what was it? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, God bless you. <laughs> I had remembered previous ones. Like, I remember one in particular that you said, don't do anything that your ego tells you to do. Because I remember doing that one one time. And did that work? For a little bit. I think it actually did a little bit. Oh, yeah. okay. Good. Well, if you had paid attention to this, it would have worked, too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> had you remembered. All right. Well, anybody remember this week? You remember. What did you get from it? I just remembered. Uh, re- I've, I've always had it in my mind because I think it's so important. To, I'm sorry? I, I think it's so important not to listen to your thoughts. Right. It's, it's so important. It's a matter it, of life and death. It is. It's just so important. Yeah. To me, it, it's, I, it's with me all the time. And did you doubt every thought? Yes, I did. And how did that, what happened as a result? Well, uh, it's all right, I guess. Um, it's just you're left with a lot of empty, you know, thought, you know, you don't have any thoughts in your head because you keep casting them out, you know. Right. But so it's kind of like, I don't know, it's different. But um, Different in what way? It's just quiet. <laughs> yes, sir. And quiet is nice. Yeah, and there's not maybe there's not a lot going on. There's not not a lot to occupy your time with. You you just seem to be on your own a lot. <laughs> that's what happens to me anyway. Yeah, good man. But God is with you. He really is. Have you seen a miracle lately? Well. I've had some, uh, I don't know if they're called miracles, but they're um, almost like terrifying. Terrifying. That's not a miracle. But they're like. That's a nightmare. They're like, they're like uh, Thank you. things that happen like in the middle of the day that defies uh, um, you know, uh, 
any understanding that I, I understand. But is, it ter- is, is, is something terrifying you? Well, just when I had this episode. What type of episode? Well, I don't know. Do you, I don't know if you really want me to get into it or not. But is this something you can talk about? I mean, are you able to talk about it in this media open like this? Yeah, I think I could. It's like um, it's like something out in the something like attacked me. Were you walking down the road when it happened? It was Am in I, my house. I'm sorry? It was in my house. So are you going to tell me or I got to pull out every word? Well, what happened is uh, I was having problems with my stomach and it went away. So this happened uh, the 12th of March. And I woke up that morning and my stomach was in agony. I, oh, no, I can't go through this again. Because I went through it for like three months. And so I went over to my brother's house, and I was talking to my brother, and I left his house. It's like 1 o'clock in the afternoon. I came walking in my house, and I came walking through the thing. And Speaking to the mic. And something just hit me right in the chest, and it just dropped me to the floor. I couldn't even, I, and then I, it hit me again. And I, I tried to get onto my feet, and it hit me again, and I dropped to the ground again. So I crawled over to my chair, this is a kind of weird story, I know, but and I sat in my chair and it hit me again and I went flat right back on the floor again. Wow. I got up again and I walked in my li- my bedroom and it hit me again. So I I don't know what to make of it. I don't know if I had a seizure or. Did you go to the doctor? No, but prior to that I had gone to the doctor and I had every test done that you could have done colonoscopy. I mean, everything. I went to a specialist. Yeah. Let him hold a mic for you. And, and they didn't one. find anything wrong with me. Oh, okay. So. And so during the time you were having all this pain for three months, you went to the doctor? Yeah, because at, in, when this first started, I didn't think it was anything spiritual. And now I think it is spiritual. I because, thought it was just my stomach, you know? Because they couldn't find anything? No. Oh, okay. Wow. I don't know what to tell you, man. Yeah, I know. I. I don't know if I should have even brought it up because it's yeah. kind of weird. I mean, I don't know if it's spiritual, or, but make sure you sit and pray so that God can allow you to see it. But if it, if it continues, it may be a, you know, a physical problem too. Yeah. So you may go back and have another checkup or something. Yeah. yeah. But if you can't see what it is exactly, I would go to the doctor for a checkup with that, and then I would continue to pray but not make up stuff. Not that you are making up stuff, but... Right. Not me. Do you have a lot of anger? Uh, yeah, I think I might have some anger that I can't get rid of. Oh, okay. Yeah. Do you, Do you pray? Yeah. Yeah. And so, do you have anger for sure, or, or you think you do? I think I do. Oh, okay. I, I used to have a lot of anger, but over the years, it's kind of dissipated away. Right. So. No. Oh, okay. All right. Interesting. Have anybody here witnessed a miracle lately? No. That's interesting. You witnessed a miracle? I wouldn't say a miracle. Well, that's what I'm asking for. (laughs) I'm only asking for miracles right now. As a personal personal revelation. Because that's technically what a miracle is. Something... uh, Something very private that can only be known to yourself and to your creator. My personal revelation is just okay. Just how impudent I am! Uh, I am with uh, against uh, against the against the thoughts and um, thoughts and evil, uh, evil I am, and how and how really uh, how I realize how dependent I am through. Uh, through our, our heavenly fa- uh, Father to guide uh, guide me through the, uh, above, uh, help me to rise above those thoughts. Well, that's good. Do you pray? I do. Do you still have anger? I believe I do. Do you? Uh, yes or no to it? I I'm certain I have anger. Uh-huh. That's why I see. Uh, I still see it. Oh, okay. Well, you still have it then. Uh-huh. Well, good man. I um. 
I witnessed a miracle, and, I, and I've seen this before over, you know, the last 23 years or so. I've seen it off and on. It doesn't happen a lot. It, you know, I see it off and on, but not with a lot of people. I'm at the, uh, uh, I was at the gym the other day and just working out, you know, and there was a guy next to me working out. I, I've seen him there before working out. And uh, looked like he, at best he was 20, 20 years old at best, between 19 and 20. And he was just working out, and I looked over, and I saw this tattoo on his arm, right? So I asked him, and I thought he was a white guy, but I think he is a, he is a foreigner, but he looked white, and all white people look alike to me. And so, <laughs> and so but it's not like he was from Russia or something like that because he had an accent. Uh, once he started talking, speaking. But he had this tattoo, and I asked, I said, what is that tattoo on your arm? And, and believe me, I could care less about tattoos. I see them all the time and think nothing about them. I often wonder why people write on their bodies like that, you know, because it looked like junk. It made your body look like a ghetto. <laughs> Have you noticed that? <laughs> Somebody drew something on the wall of this building on the other end the other day. And I saw it, and it just made that side of the building look like a ghetto. And I'm like, that's how those bodies look. You know? But anyway, I asked him, I said, uh, what's that tattoo on your arm? And he said, oh, it's my girlfriend's name. A real young-looking guy, too, you know. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, man, I probably shouldn't put it on there now. And I said, why not? He said, because we broke up. I said, really? And he said, yeah. And I said, how long had you been dating? And he said, well, I've been dating for, we were dating for about three years. And now we broke up. And you can see that he was, you know, irritable about it and feeling badly about it. So I asked him, well, why did you break up? And he said, because of my anger. He said, I have, I have this anger that I just can't get rid of. I've done everything to get rid of it. And, and I, people tell me to go to the gym to get rid of it. So I go work out, and that doesn't work. And they say, go play basketball. I do that. That doesn't work. And he says, they tell me, go and just take a walk. That doesn't work, he said. And then he said, I even go to a, he couldn't think of it, it was a psychologist or a psychiatrist. Then he finally said, I, I even go to a psychiatrist, and that doesn't work. And I just don't know what to do. And, and my girlfriend says she's not going to take me back unless I get rid of the anger. And I said, uh, so how bad is it? He said, well, sometimes she just gets on my nerve, and I take her and shake her and make her sit down. But I haven't hit her or anything like that. And he said, I just, I just, I'm just fed up with it. I don't know how, I can't get rid of it. And so I said to him, I said, uh, you want me to tell you how to get rid of it? You want to get rid of it? He's like, yeah, I want to get rid of it. You want me to tell you? Yes. So I said, you got to forgive your mother. And he kind of paused for a moment, and he, a, a little smile came, and he said, well, it's not my mother. I hate my father. I hate my father. I said, yeah. He said, I don't have anything to do with him. I don't talk to him or anything. And I said, why do you hate your father? He said, because my father used to beat my mother when I was a kid, and I used to watch it, and there was nothing I could do about it, so I hate him for it. I said, oh, okay, that's interesting. I said, well, then you got to forgive your father. You have to, you know, forgive him because you become like your father. You're doing to your girlfriend exactly what you say your father has done to your mother. You're becoming like what you hate. So you got to forgive. And he's like, really? And I said, yeah. And I said, he said, well, I don't know how to forgive. How do you forgive? And I said, I talked to him about the way that he, I said, see how you are? There's something driving you and you can't help yourself, right? He's like, yeah, I just can't help it. I said, well, your father had the same spirit. You, you, you became like him by resenting him. Now that spirit is in you, and you can't help it. He couldn't help it. And you wouldn't want someone hating you for something that you have no control over, right? And he was like, no, I wouldn't. I really wouldn't. I said, well, your father feels the same way. He could not, something happened to him that caused him to become angry, and that's what you saw while growing up. And he doesn't want you to hate him. And he was like, wow, that made so much sense. And he was like, really, really just, it's like somebody turned a light bulb on. 
every, all his anger and frustration just vanished just like that. And I saw a brand new person. And he was like, wow, that's really, he said, nobody has ever told me this in my life. I've never heard this before. I never heard it. And he was going on and on, and he, he said to me, uh, how did you learn this? Where did you get this from? And I said, well, I had anger too, and God allowed me to see it so that I can overcome it. He's like, wow, he was just happy and smiling. And so he said, well, so what do I do now? I said, you have to go to your father, go right away to your father and say to him, I'm sorry for hating you. I said, you see what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, it made so much sense, right? I said, well, just go to him and say, I'm sorry for hating you. And I said, everything is fine. And he said, wow. And, uh, he, and he said, um, um, I said to him, you know, your father has this anger. It make, it's making him unhappy. And now he's lost his son. And I said, that's the worst thing that can happen to a father is to lose his son. And your father loved you. And that boy started crying. He just broke down and started crying. When I said that his father loved him and his father's hurting because he doesn't have him there. And he's like, wow. And, and so we went back to working out. And I heard him over there, you know, kind of repeating what I said to do about going and just saying, I'm sorry. He was like, um, I'm going to say, I'm, I'm sorry for hating you. And he said, what should I say again? <laughs> I said, just say, I'm sorry for hating you. I said, don't plan anything to say it. And that boy, he got out of that gym and, 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 and it was just a miracle happened just like that. And I wasn't thinking about the tattoo or that boy, to be honest. It was just, God got my attention by allowing me to see the tattoo, and I asked about the tattoo, but I had no plan to tell him all that at all. I wasn't thinking that way, just trying to get my workout done. And I, I, another thing I realized later about it, when I was talking to him, there was no color. It was neither male or female. It was just having a conversation with a person that was ready to receive the truth. And he woke up just like that. He just woke up. And I thought later about it. I said, I wonder why some people can get it just like that, and they're just free. The light comes on, and they're free, and they can go now and live. Where with others, it can take 15, 16, and never years. <laughs> they never, ever get it. It doesn't matter how many times they hear it. They don't get it. They don't wake up like that. It's something doesn't happen, you know where they just wake up and they got it and they move forward. I know in my own life, when I saw it, you know, when God showed me, I just woke up and it was just done. I woke up and ready to live. Um, uh, and I wondered about that and wondered about that. Why is it so difficult for most people to see that kind of truth and just wake up? And I felt so, I was so blessed to witness that happened, you know. And it's not the first time I've seen it, but this time it just, it was really, really a miracle for me to see it happening like that because it was so unexpected. You know, I thought I was just asking about a stupid tat tattoo, but it was more than that. That boy needed to hear that. He was ready for it. God wanted me to talk to him, and God reached out to him, and he changed. Isn't that amazing? That is, that's the way it's supposed to be. That is the way to wake up. And so I was talking to some of the employees about it this week, and I asked, why do you think some people don't get it? It takes years and years and years to get it, but then another person, you just speak to them, and they wake up. They get up and walk. They can now see. I literally saw a light come on in that guy. All that stuff, the heavy load, the darkness that was covering him from worrying and being angry, it <coughs> vanished away just like that. It was like someone turned a light on in the darkness. And that was like, I'm like, wow, that's a nice miracle when I thought about it later. <laughs> it's amazing to me that you can just wake up like that and, and live. And most people don't. Most people are stuck. Absolutely stuck. So that's why I asked, had you, you know, have you witnessed a miracle lately? I guess nobody here has, huh? I, um, 
so I asked my staff, some members of my staff, why do you think it's so difficult for someone to, some people to wake up when others can hear, a few can hear and they have it and they go. It's just there. And one thing that we concluded, one of the biggest mistakes that's made is that we are taught in the wrong way about it before we wake up. You know, you're taught by God, you know, that you have to do this and do that. You have to learn this and learn that. And this boy, he kept saying, I never heard this before. So it was brand new to him. So there was nothing in his way to cloud God from getting in there and just waking him up. He didn't, he didn't have to unlearn anything. He didn't have to think about scriptures. He didn't have to refer to anything that he learned. So there was nothing in the way. He had heard, you know, someone else witness that they woke up like that. So there was nothing in the way that allowed him to wake up like that. I believe that's what it was. Because I know for me, when I sat down that very first time to pray, I didn't, I had no clue of what's to happen. No, none at all. And so I was open and ready to receive it and change just like that. Isn't that something? Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. What a miracle. And I was as blessed witnessing that as he was to receive that. Just out of nowhere at the gym. That boy hurried up and got out of there, too. He did, just happy as a lark. He was like, wow, this is great. Yes? Now that you brought this up here, my question is how do you unlearn what you have learned? Very good question. Somehow or another, you got to know that you've learned about God and it's in the way. Because when you wake up, when you really wake up, the spiritual life is nothing like what you thought it was. The way of living is nothing like what you thought, the way of living spiritually. Nothing like it at all. That's why God said we must be born again of the Spirit. Because our mind cannot conceive what it is to live of the Spirit. So I guess you just, well not I guess, you have to become aware of that intellect that has you developed by learning so much, by way of knowledge. And just not go with it. Just observe it, but don't go with it at all. It looked like a lot of people are stuck on going with it, too. You know, I'm glad that I wasn't so educated. I was talking to a good friend of mine, one of my friends that I grew up with from the first grade all the way through the 12th. And uh, he became a doctor. And so the other week we were talking, I was like, oh, man, I'm so glad that uh, I don't have all that knowledge. I'm learning a lot about him, the fact that he put so much into education. I didn't know... I knew he wasn't going out with us. I would go out and party on the weekend. And, and he would stay home and study, but I didn't know his father had him stay at home and making him study like that, right? And he just told me this the other day. And I said, wow, I used to just go party up at this club. And he's like, yeah, I remember that. That's all you did, party. <laughs> and he said, I used to look, he used to look forward to me coming to school on Monday morning so he could hear about my partying at the club and stuff my weekends and stuff like that. Where with him, he was just in his books all weekend. And I was living it up. I'm glad God had me to live it up. <laughs> Rather than being in a book uh, all the time, right? Because when you're in that book all the time, it brings on issues in your life. It messes with your ego. It really, really does. And now, whenever I talk to him, he's reading something or into something or studying something or learning something. He can't even calm down and have peace in his life. So just watch that, and God will take it away. But make sure you pray so you can become aware of that. Yeah, totally. I mean, I've been, like, uh, so many years conditioned to think this way over, you know, yeah. going through school and academics and stuff. They just, like, uh, they make you think in a certain way in order to jump through those uh, hoops and yeah. be able to graduate. And then you just, like, give you the illusion that you feel something, you know? 
That's why God said that that goes in destroys you, and that that comes out gives you life, right? So I guess all this knowledge that you have that went inside of you is now destroying you. And and people pay a lot of money for that knowledge of destruction, too. Buku money just to be destroyed. Isn't that amazing? Uh That's amazing, Jesse. (laughs) Yes, sir. I think it's uh, what, the, what the problems that people have, why they can't receive is because their hearts are, are hardened, they're angry, and it, and it puts up a wall. And until you've suffered enough and um, are willing to let that down, let that go, then that's when you can receive. And sometimes some people are lucky. They haven't, it's new to them, uh, whereas a lot of Christians... Well, most Christians and most people who, you know, their hearts are already angry and they're hardened and they've heard it before and they're unwilling to let it go. Unwilling to let it go. I know people, a whole lot of folks now who want to let it go and they, they know they should let it go, but yet they can't let it go or it haven't gone for whatever reason. And I think that reason is because, as Robert was saying, that knowledge kick in all the time. The stuff you've learned, uh, you know, whether it's about the Bible or educational knowledge, it looked like that's always kicking in. With me, and there's nothing wrong with getting an education. I'm not saying there's something wrong with it, right? But with me, I'm so dumb, I don't have any extra knowledge that kicks in. You know, I don't have that trauma of, of education, so there's not like something always kicking in. And I can see Satan trying to tempt me with other things. But I don't, my head is not filled with all this knowledge stuff. I think that's what it is. I can give you and that builds the ego up, and that's where the problem comes from. Yes. I can, uh, I believe I do have the answer. After all these years that you put in your blood, sweat, and tears into getting a degree, getting a diploma, getting all kinds of certificates and stuff here, you feel like a sense of achievement. And the, and the idea if you want to let, uh, if you want to change, you gotta let go of everything that you know about what is right. The ideal of that. The idea, yes. Yeah, and that's hard to let go. Oh yeah, because your ego is built on the uh, the idea that you gotta get an education. After you get an education, you graduate and stuff. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I saw a documentary yesterday, and it was about. Uh, Rich people, people with a lot of money, and they went all across, all over the country, and they went behind these gates, these walls where all these rich people live, you know, in Beverly Hills and Florida and other areas of the country. And I had no idea the hell that the rich people are going through behind these walls. Uh, they show uh, where these, some of these folks are like, filthy rich, right? Because their parents and their parents left money, left money, and all they did was pass it down to their children and things like that. And the kids become addicted to, the, to that money to a point where if they have, for an example, there was one guy out of Florida who he had a, a brother and a sister, mother and a father. The father died, and the father left all the money to, the, to the, uh, his wife and his children and the wife was already filthy rich because her father left money from his business when he died. And so this one guy, the oldest brother, he was, a, he was kind of off a little bit. So he didn't get a good education. But his mother took care of him. She spent millions of dollars, dollars trying to help him start businesses and things like that. And then um, uh, there, he, got, he became so addicted to the, to the money that he put, he set it up where his mother, his sister, and youngest brother can get in an automobile and pretend like they were going somewhere. They were going out somewhere. He put bombs in their car, in the car, and blew them up. He put two major, it looked like Iraq. And, and uh, the sister was fortunate enough that she didn't die from the thing, but he wanted to kill his entire family so he could get all the money. And that like happened, they show that time and time again. They show where some, and these are true stories. Some of these folks are so rich, and they spoil their kids to the max, 
that the kids don't have anything else to do, so they come up with ways how to murder other people just for the fun of it. <laughs> it's so weird. And I'm thinking, well, I had no idea that white folks, I mean, well, they're all white. Sorry about that, white people. But they were really educated. They went to Harvard. They went to all these, you know, grand schools. And yet behind those walls, they're literally catching hell with all that money. Isn't that amazing? It is. <clears throat> it's absolutely mind-blowing. I want to read something to you about the spirit. Uh, let me take here first. Yeah. <clears throat> In other words, uh, another thing, the way you could uh, get hung up and not find a way is like, for instance, coming here or going someplace like that and you hear the truth and uh, uh, you, I don't, I can't find the the right words, but it's like you hang on to that. Oh yeah, that's what it is. You actually hang on to what you hear. And why do you hang on to it? Uh, Well, because, uh, you see. We can hold a mic for him there, Rob. Uh, in other words, it, you, you want to be able to confirm that you're heading in the right direction. Oh. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And you, it's like, you, you know, in other words, instead passing the milestone, you hang on to it. You see? You need to just go forward and go, go into nowhere and drop it all. So drop if you all. know that, why don't you do that? Well, I just discovered that recently. Oh, okay. You see? Yeah. That, you know, that even the meditation and, uh, and uh, uh, you know, and then, you know, when you do something right, you, you, you use that as a confirmation that you're heading in the wrong direction, and that's wrong. You can't, <laughs> you can't do any of that. Right. You cannot. Right. Have you been born? So you have not been born of the Spirit of God yet, right? Say it again. Have you been born of the Spirit of God? I, I don't know how to answer that. Well, then answer no then. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Believe me, if you had, you would know how to answer it. I, I, I don't know. Okay. I mean, but uh, but I, I saw that, you see, and, uh, uh, and you know, that, that actually can keep you from, in other words, you are hung up on that. And you think you're heading in the right direction when, you, when you're actually not. When you heard this story about the miracle that I witnessed, what went through your mind about that? Uh, <clears throat> that I wish it would happen to me. Yeah. I understand that. Yeah. Because you know what? Uh, there's one thing I, I know for sure. Uh, when you... Uh, most likely it's your father and your mother that, that, you, that, that you hate. If you're not absolutely sure that you don't hate him, you see, then that, that would be an indication that you have not forgiven. You hate your parents? Um, my mom. You, you know, in other words, it's, you know, I can't say for sure, you see. I just, uh, 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 but that one thing I can say for sure, I am not sure that I have forgiven her. Then you haven't. You see? Yeah. There you go. Because one thing about this life I'm telling you about, when you truly, truly repent, when you truly, truly forgive, there's no question about it. Yeah. Ever, 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 never, no ever, ever, a doubt. Because you're able then to be born of the Spirit, so now you're living a different life. And there's no doubt you don't go back to it because there's nothing to go back to. But you have, there's, when you truly forgive, you enter in, there's no doubt. Oh, one thing I realized about this boy, and I remember reading this in the scriptures, where God said, before you enter into the kingdom, you must forgive, right? So by, this boy was able to forgive his father even before getting there to forgive him. He was able to forgive the moment he, he saw what the problem was, that he needed to forgive. So he was able to forgive. And the same thing happened with me is that before I went to my mother and said, I'm sorry for hating you, I had already forgiven her. I didn't have to go to her to forgive her. Forgiveness took place when, I, when he allowed me to see that that's what the problem was. And so when I went to her, all I had to say to her was, I'm sorry. I didn't need to hear, hear my mother say that she was sorry. I didn't need her to apologize for anything. I didn't need to pounce on her about anything. 
because the moment I saw it was revealed to me that I resented her, the whole spiritual thing took place. I remember feeling a sadness, a sorrow that I had never felt before. And the sorrow wasn't like feeling sorry that I lost a friend or feeling sorry for myself. It was a different, it was a spiritual sadness that came and it just took over. And then it went, it passed and it was done. You know, I've never experienced anything like that before. And everything happened within and it was caused by God to happen. So by the time I got a chance to talk to my mother, I had already forgiven her. And whereas with most of you, when, they, when I say, you need, okay, put your arm down, boy. You need to go and forgive. They're like, yeah, I'm going to go and forgive, right? But they go and forgive and nothing happens because they're only going to forgive because it is true that you need to forgive. So they think that, well, if I go and forgive, then I'll be free. It doesn't work like that. Forgiveness take place first, then you go and apologize. I just realized that from that experience. He forgave because this boy had pr- just prior said, I never want to talk to him again. I have nothing to do with him. Then he had a change of heart and he couldn't even wait to go and talk to him. Because forgiveness took place somehow or another with him right there beforehand. And then he entered into the kingdom and go and talk to his father. Isn't that amazing? But a lot of folks go and talk to their parents or whomever it is that they resent and nothing happens. They walk away with the same anger. They feel good for a minute, but they're still lost in their head. They're still having the same issues. They're still worried and afraid. They still get caught up with the world and don't see what's going on. And it's a mess. But forgiveness takes place the moment it is revealed to you that you have this hatred. Oh, y'all might have quiet on Mama's Day. I want to read something, then I come back with the hands, okay? Oh, I, I forgot to bring my glasses down here. This is uh, John Sandner. No, this is John 3, 5 through 8. <laughs> It says, very, very, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Very, very, and this is, uh, I'm going down to five. Oh, and then Nicodemus asked, he said unto him, speaking to Jesus, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the kingdom? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, Very, very, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the, spirit, of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. The wind bloweth where it wishes, and thou hearest the sound, therefore, but cannot tell where it come. You know, like you can't tell where the sound cometh. And whether it goes, so is everyone that is born of the Spirit. And that is so true. When you are born of the Spirit, you don't know where it coming from. You don't know where it goes. You don't know. You just... You, you, you just now, you see like, you see. You enter in, but you don't know where it came from. It just comes, and it happens. And you can't learn about spirit and be born of it. You can't know about it and be born of it. It has to come. And, and so I notice that even the people who say that they're a Christian, they're not of the spirit, they're of the flesh. You can listen to solutions in their life, and they are the flesh. They have fleshly solutions about problems in their life, worldly solutions. They are not being guided by the Spirit because they have not been born that second time, which is of God. And that's where the problem is. I was looking at the situation down in Florida where this guy uh, held those three ladies for so long, 10 years or so. 
Oh, yeah, Ohio. For 10 years. And I haven't heard one person say, I wonder what is spiritually wrong with him. Where did did all that hatred come from that he can do that for 10 years like that? And it's apparent that he hate women. He have to hate women. How could he do that for so long? And so my thing is, where did that hatred come from that he hate women in such a manner? They're not examining that at all. Maybe some people, I haven't heard it yet. When, when uh, things go wrong in your life, you shouldn't be looking for a physical solution. You should look at the spirit of it. You know, how did I make that wrong decision? How did I get caught up with this? Uh, you know, it's time to look at yourself spiritually to see and understand what went wrong. But people don't do that. They just look for another physical solution because they have not been born of the spirit, so they don't recognize this, this spiritual way of living. But you must be born again. And you can be born again. Um, yes. Did you have your hand? I, I think you answered my question. The last statement you made, uh, you must be uh, recognize the spirit in yeah. order to understand being um, uh, for forgiveness. And forgiveness starts within you first. Yes, it happened. You forgive you before you go and apologize. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, you, it, it, has, it has to happen within you first. It's so interesting, too, how that happened because, like, for me, it just came out of nowhere. It just, I didn't know that it existed like that, you know. I didn't know that forgiveness took place like that. I, I was taught, too, that if you use words to say I'm sorry, then that's forgiveness. It's not. But with me, I see that my pride and my ego is still in the way. That's why that kid could see it better because he wasn't hung up in his ego and his pride. So he, it, the, the spirit came through to him first and foremost. And because he, he's not even aware uh, of ego and pride. Yes, yes. He has not been taught about ego and pride, right? And I can ask a lot of folks I know, why do you think you have not been born again? What, what, what were wrong? Oh, my ego and pride is in the way. And they have learned that. This boy said, I have never heard this before. Mm-hmm. I haven't heard anything like this before. How do you know this, right? So he had nothing blocking him. Yes. He hadn't learned about the truth yet. He had not learned the scriptures where he caught up with all this stuff that gets in the way. I didn't know about the ego and pride thing either. You know, I, I wasn't taught, oh, your ego is in the way, your pride is in the way. So I had not witnessed about the pride because I hadn't heard yet what a lot of people heard about it. I now know that it is that, but I didn't know that before, so there was no teaching in the way. That, that makes sense? sense? Yeah. Let's go right here. Uh-oh, uh-oh, isn't this good? Yeah, Jesse, this is like something else. Yes? Yeah, I, what I took from that story is that um, this guy did not hear the truth and go into his judge's chambers and consider it, um, and then come out with a verdict saying, I must forgive, therefore yeah. I sh-. It It just happened to him. He didn't plan it. I, he wasn't even expecting it. He was. That's the beauty of it. But he was absolutely convinced that there was something wrong with him. Yeah. So... And that he did not know the answer. Two things. There was something wrong with him, and he did not know the answer or have a clue of what the answer was. Yeah. So when you gave him the answer, he was ready to receive it because he was already convinced he did not know. And he was convinced that nobody else knew because he said to me, I've been doing all this, you know, psychiatrists, all this stuff. Nobody knows how to help me. No one knows. But that, uh, the point being, he did not make a decision about this right. except for the fact that he knew that he was... Is that what you up. did when you heard about forgiveness and stuff? No, I thought because it, it had an emotional impact on me. You know, when I saw other people uh, understand that, you know, it was them and not, and not the other person and stuff, that that was it. You know, but oh. um, it wasn't. It wasn't. I, I, I still wasn't absolutely convinced there's something wrong with me, something that it was still someone else. That's why I'm always still looking to someone else. You know, when they commit a wrong, why you still get upset with them? Right. Because there's something wrong with them and not me. And, and I think that's what's held me back, really. Once you're born of the Spirit, 
you, you made me think about something. You're going to see how much you were not in control. This anger you have, you're not in control of that. You have nothing to do with it. You can't make it stop. You can't make it go. You really don't. It's, it's a real live identity that's made a home in you. And it's not you. It controls you. Just like when you're born of the Spirit of God, it controls you. And there's other things fade away. It just, you, you see it and it go and it go and go, right? But you're not in control of that. It's not, it's really not you. And that's what I hear too. A lot of people say, oh, it's me. It's my ego. It's my this. You have no idea what's controlling you until you wake up. And once you wake up, once you're born of that spirit, it's impossible to hate or be mad at anyone else on earth for what they do or say, uh, however they treat you. Because you now see this spiritual thing that's happening. And once you see it, there is no anger or judgment in that at all. You can't help but have compassion for your fellow man, even your worst enemy. That doesn't mean you won't take action to protect yourself, right? But you'll see how to do that as well. Because sometimes protecting yourself means doing nothing about the situation. And God will handle that too. But if you're not born of that spirit, you're going to always try to do something about the situations in your life. You'll try to hold off for a little while, but Satan just say, oh, you better do something before this thing explodes. You know, you better take some kind of action. You find yourself taking action. But with the spirit of God, even if Satan tried to tempt you to take action, he doesn't have authority over you anymore. He can't deceive you to take action. Isn't that nice? Yeah. I want you to have this. I can't give it to you. It has to happen the way it happened with that boy. Out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. Let me... T- uh, let me take Hermes back there first, and then I'll come back to you. You waited a while. I was going to say, I uh, had a situation this week where my son came to me and was telling me about a situation at school where he was being mistreated by, you know, ganged up by his friends. And, you know, so I was telling him, you know, not to take it personal and forgive. And, you know, it was like a natural thing to say, you know, to forgive. But the minute I uttered those words, I realized that, you know what, I didn't even really know how to forgive. Yeah. And my idea of forgiveness is, you know, not holding on to things, letting things go, and not taking it personal. But I haven't even tapped into that that deeper aspect of forgiveness. Right. You know, and Very so that good was interesting. Point. I hear a lot of Christian parents say, oh, forgive, because they heard about forgiveness. But because they're coming out of darkness with this information, it's not working for the kids. Absolutely not working. Because it's the wrong spirit. You have to be that light. And the kids can see that light. And then they will see how to deal with situations because you are dealing with them properly. But if you are dealing with things in darkness, that's what's being passed on to them. Yes, sir. Yeah, I just want to say, you know, you're absolutely right that, you know, when you're in darkness, you always want to do something and you can't help it, though, because <laughs> yeah. when you're in darkness, you don't feel good. And therefore, if you don't feel good, then the movement is to try to make yourself feel good in some way, whether it's to go pick up the Bible or, you know, to go do this, go do that. And, you, and your will is going to constantly be exercised in order to try to make something happen. Yeah. And so it's really deep what you said about really not being able to do anything. You, you literally, you can't do a thing. But when you're, in, when you're operating from Satan or Satan's operating through you, it is 24-7, 360 days a year, it's going to give you ideas. Yep. It will even tell you, try not to do anything, and then <laughs> you'll, fight against, you'll fight to do nothing. Yep. And it will, it's a constant thing, and it's... You can't help that even, because even that is the very nature of, of not being awake. Yes. So that it's, it's constantly trying to solve that. And that's what you see in the real world with, you know, the way the government tries to solve problems. 
it's just band-aiding and just getting worse, worse, and worse. And it yeah. can't help it because that's the nature of, of evil is to, to constantly try to do something. This is why you must be born again of the Spirit of God. I am, what word I want to use? I'm just, I wish, maybe I wish, I don't know. I can't find the right word right now. It's a mistake to teach people everything. It really is. Especially about the things of God. Because if Satan is waiting to use those words about God against you. And then when it doesn't work, you become angry and frustrated. And you're just pushing yourself further away from this moment to be born again. Because now you're frustrated. I know about it. I read the Bible. I know the scripture. I pray. I pray out loud. I meditate. I pray at other times. And it's still not working. And it's because you've learned about him. It's an awful. There is a way to teach about him, I think, <laughs> without people learning. Even with me, I try not to. I try to just be real about him and talk to him in a way where you don't learn about him. But yet people still pick up from my teaching about him. And they'll act like me or they'll say what I've said and blah, 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 right? And I'm like, don't do that. You know, um, I, I don't know. I wish it was like, wasn't like that, but it is. Did I see your hand? Yes, sir. Yeah, I was going to say that um, it seems like a lot of, like, because I used to hate my dad a lot. Hold the mic for him, John. I used to have, I hate, hate the my reason dad. I want you got, let me just say this. The reason to hold the mic because when you're speaking, you know how you go unconscious when you're speaking? And so you find yourself with the mic dropping all over here like that. Yes, but ahead. it seemed like to me, uh, I couldn't give up judgment for, uh, it, it was just, I unconsciously couldn't give up judgment. And that's what locked me into unforgiveness. Yeah. And, uh, but I eventually, you know, forgave my dad he's dead now but i see him in my brothers and i it it's kind of disturbing you know yeah and i try and tell them and they they don't want to hear it they're not ready for it uh -uh. that's why so as, as uh francisco was saying some people are just not ready and especially those type of people that you try to tell the truth to and they reject it there are some people that, even with like the conversation I had with this young man, I've had that kind of conversation with other people. They reject it. They don't, they say, oh yeah, that makes sense, but it doesn't impact them at all. But the, this one coming along, he hears it and he goes free. It just, I guess some people are just not ready for it. Even some people who pray, who pretend to be ready, who act like they're ready, they're still not ready, I guess. Now, how you get ready, I don't know. Because in all honesty, I don't know how I got ready for it. I, the only thing I do remember about myself is that I was just tired of living that way with this anger and insecurity that I had. Now, if that made me ready, I'm not sure. Or was God just ready for me? You know. And so I want you to even get rid of the ideas of if you're ready or not. Because I don't know if you really know if you're ready. We don't know God's will, right? And so God may somehow or another just say, you know what? Let me just take this, bring this into the kingdom right now. But if you have a mindset about anything concerning him, I think that's a holdback. You know, like, oh, I'm not ready yet. Well, if you're not ready, why are you even thinking about God? Go sit down. Don't even try. <laughs> don't read the Bible. Don't do anything. If you're already convinced that you're not ready, why even try anything? Does that make sense? Because I see a whole lot of people not ready. And they pray. Oh, why are you praying? You say you're not ready. Why, you, why haven't you overcome your anger? I'm not ready. So why are you praying then? God's not going to take someone that is admitting that they're not ready. You know what I'm saying? But it's all a setup. That setup is there from day one. Absolute day one. Um, so don't, you can't force it on them. And then don't feel sorry for them either. You know, it just, it just is what it is. And God said only a few are going to enter into that straight and narrow path. Find that way. Only a few. And a lot of our blood family members will be left out. And really, our real family are those who enter into the kingdom. That's our, those are our brothers and sisters, not the flesh and blood brother. They are our earthly brothers and sisters, but not our 
real brothers and sisters. That makes sense? I really want you to have this, folks, but you got, I, I don't know, you got to unlearn. That's why I said for a week, doubt every thought, because when you, if you could doubt every thought, I, you can believe the truth. You can enter in, I believe, because you're not locked in what you've been taught. Yes, sir. Yeah, I wanted to talk about the, or say about the learning thing. And uh, I've been drilled in my head since I was younger that the brain is a muscle and that, that you could build it up. And, um, but really, and what's confusing is that you can put your will into something to learn it and they do it by that, you know, uh, doing it over and over and over in large quantities over and over and over. And you do reap the benefits, but it's not in the same principles of muscle, of muscle building, which is completely fleshly. It's a spiritual uh, reaping that they're not even aware of that's happening while they're practicing the flesh. Yeah. I think through grace is because if you, if there's a virtue involved in, in discipline. So they're reach, reaping, reaping the, a, virtue, a spiritual virtue, but... In, in the discipline of the of the flesh, which they think is completely fleshly, and so you you can so it's not really that what they're doing; it's something that they're unaware of, which is spiritual, and so they never want to go or even give credence to the spirit because they don't have it; they're unaware of what's taking place. Have you been born of the spirit? Absolutely. You have. Yep. And how do you know you have? Uh, because I'm. I just know I have it because of the fact that um I um <laughs> cuz I just know I have that's why. Yeah. You just know you have. Yeah. But you don't know how you know you have. It don't know where it came from or where I'm going. I'm I'm like a I'm like a rolling stone for God. So that's what that's what's going on. <laughs> have you let go of all your anger? Yes. You have none. No. You have um, you have no anger at all. Nope. No anger at all. Mm. None. If someone tries to punch me in the face, I might. <laughs> I'm gonna enjoy beating him up. Then, but I don't, I don't know if that's. I don't know that has to do with anger. Anger yeah. makes you tired. Yeah. So, I'll know when I'm angry because I'll be real tired afterwards. One thing I want to say. Let me let me go here real fast. Here. One thing I want to say. You're right. It's not. It's not of the brain at all. The brain is just there to make the body, the physical body work. This spiritual birth has nothing to do with the brain at all. No brainy. Brains are not needed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, sir. Um, earlier today, you asked if anyone here had uh, experienced a miracle. I believe the big problem is that we're so conditioned from ver- uh, thinking things in a certain way, we wouldn't even know a miracle of being a behind. Like, okay. Yes. For example, I er, make turn, a long story short. I'll make it short. Uh, there was one. Uh, my personal mir- uh, miracle. I just realized that, that when I pray, uh, prayed and uh, prayed, it's uh, it's as I may have heard something call my name from within, uh, from within my uh, my mind. I may I could be wrong about it, but uh, for all I know, I'm it out may, of time. I'm so sorry, man. Okay. I'm really out of time. Here. Fine. Okay. Thank you, though. Let me just say, um, I recommend that you really, um, you know, God said that when we pray, we should be still and know and let the Holy Spirit intercede on our behalf. I want to just say you need to really get serious about your prayer. And and I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) You need to forgive. You need to pray so that you can forgive. You need to pray so that God can cause these things to happen. There's nothing you can do to enter into the kingdom but surrender. You know, I I think that's the word. You know, let go of everything you think you know. If you find yourself quoting what the preacher said, don't do it. If you find yourself quoting what somebody else said when you witness this to someone else, don't do it. Don't, you know, I thought Ermus made a very interesting point. He's trying to tell his son how to forgive when he really hasn't forgiven. So he's not, he's just, he's really quoting what he heard about forgiveness and thinking that that's going to work. It doesn't work like that. 
And just think about how many times you've forgiven somebody and you still screwed up. So you gotta, you gotta be careful not to just run out in the world and repeat what somebody else said and feel good about yourself. That's what's happening too. I hear that a lot. And they act like, oh, they got it, right? They got, it's interesting too, they got the words down pat what the preacher said or what somebody said, and they feel like they have it. That's not it. You must be born again. So pray. Thank you for tuning in, and thank you for coming today. I appreciate it. For more information, to purchase a copy of this program, or to make a donation, visit us on the web at bondinfo.org or call one 800 411-2663. That's 1-800-411-BOND. You're already home.